0: Let's get back to You Better, You Bet, presented by Bet MGM on the BetQL Network.
1: PJ Glasser, Ryan Horvath, You Better, You Bet, presented by Bet MGM. It is time for the Power Hour final hour here on You Better, You Bet. We are on twitch.tv slash betql, also on youtube.com slash Odyssey it been a great show so far. Make sure you go back Listen to the You Better, You Bet podcast. Kevin Sweeney joined us to talk college hoops. We also had Rick Camp on to talk NBA as well. Ryan, two games left for us to preview in NFL Wild Card Weekend, and I know one that we are both very excited for. Matthew Stafford and the Rams headed to Detroit. I don't know if I've been this excited for a playoff game to see Just an atmosphere, like when the Mariners finally made the playoffs for the first time in like 22 years, and they played the Astros at home, and I just, I couldn't wait to see what Seattle was like. I can't wait to see what Detroit's like, man, for a home playoff game, and Stafford's back. Oh my goodness. It's going to be electric. Lions favored by three, minus 120. The total, 51 and a half. You absolutely love a play in this game.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I bet this game already. Now at three, I don't love it as much, but at three and a half, and I figured we were going back down to three. I also have to ask you about something in this game, but I, I do like the Rams in this game. I feel like everybody's going to like the Rams in this game. Yeah. And like you said, I'm really excited to see what that atmosphere looks like because the Lions haven't won the division since 1992. Like Kirk Cobain, Nirvana was still on tour the last time that Detroit <laughs> hosted a playoff game or won the division. And um, I like this I like this uh, Detroit team. Um You know, offensively, obviously, Ben Johnson's going to be the hot name as -hmm. far as, like, head coach uh, coaching search next year, this year. Um, But still, it's Jared Goff. I like Jared Goff when he's throwing from a clean pocket and he has a strong run game, which they have with David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs. I like the offensive line enough, but I still have some questions about the defensive side of the ball for Detroit. They're able to shut down the run, and they're able to get pressure. So if they get pressure on Matthew Stafford... That's the way that you beat Matthew Stafford. Like, he's a statue, but he can make every single throw. But if he has a clean pocket, I think he's going to absolutely terrorize that secondary for Detroit. Um, You know, we have saw the last couple weeks, the passing numbers, the yardage they've given up. But do you feel like in this one, um, like, the Rams are going to be the trendy dog? Like, everybody's going to like them because of the storyline, because it's Matthew Stafford going back to face the Lions. That's what scares me a little bit. I feel like I have not heard anybody make the case for Detroit.
1: It does scare me, but at the same time, I have noticed that personally in the last couple of years, like even when everybody's on a side, like that side's still kind of last year you talked about this game earlier in the show, Minnesota and the Giants. Yeah. I didn't hear anybody that liked Minnesota. Everyone was on the Giants plus three, and it scared me off of it. And I'm like. All right, everybody's on the giant. I just, I, I don't want to bet. And sure enough, Giants end up winning that, right? That's the NFL playoffs right now. These markets are so sharp. Yeah. There is so much money coming in that normally it would scare me, especially in a regular season game. But postseason, I just think if, if you like a side, you bet it.
2: Yeah, and I mean, I can make the case for the Rams to win this game. I can make the case for the Rams to go to the Super Bowl, to be honest with you, because there's no perfect team in the NFC, right? Like uh, Dallas, they can't win on the road. They can't stop the run. Do we trust Mike McCarthy and Dak in the playoffs? Philadelphia looks cooked right now. Tampa Bay. Like, does anybody expect anything from them? Detroit, the pass defense, even San Francisco Um, offensively. Yeah. They could hang 35 on anybody, but defensively they have a strong pass rush, but I don't love the secondary and they give up explosive passes. And that's what the Rams could hit you with. Like the Rams, all of a sudden all season long, they've been a top 10 offense, but since they got fully healthy, since Kyron Williams came back, that's the number two offense in the league and that's where you could attack Detroit, man. I mean, this year, their pass defense has been bad. The only uh, pass defense in the playoffs that's allowed a top-five rate of explosive pass plays, and they give up the uh, top-five highest A-dot. And that's what Matthew Stafford does, right? As he pushes the ball down the field with Cooper Cup and with Puka, yep. all those wide receivers. So it's going to be a bad matchup for Detroit, man.
1: Completely agree. And uh, that's why I like Stafford's longest completion, over 38.5 yards. Listen to his last couple games. He had an 80-yard against the Giants 41 against the Saints 62 against the Commanders had a 34 against the Ravens keep in mind that game was raining you're playing the Ravens defense hadn't played in a game in the rain in like six years he had a 70 yarder against Cleveland 42 yarder against Arizona like the last five six games Stafford's been just crushing this number so like over 38 and a half especially against that Lions pass defense so I think that's a really good play totally with you on the side like the Rams in the game like the Rams to win it outright I think the tough part, if you're betting props, is figuring out which recei- which, who's the receiver that's going to be the guy in this game for yeah. the Rams, right? Like, it's pick your poison. Puka's 73-and-a-half receiving yards. Cooper Cup 70-and-a-half. Now, there is certainly a world where both go over. I really don't think there's a world, though, where both guys go under, like do you, against this defense. I think one of the guys is going over. I do, too. I think it's going to be Puka, personally. Yeah. I think it's going to be a Puka game, so I like him over... And uh, I like Jameer Gibbs, too, in this game. Uh, Rushing, receiving. I think this is going to be a big-time Jameer Gibbs game. You know, you bring David Montgomery in, sure, for goal line situations, but, like, this is why you get Jameer Gibbs at 12 for these kind of games. Games where you know you're going to have to score. His rushing, receiving is 77.5. I I like that. I think this is a Gibbs, Puka Nakua kind of game.
2: No, I completely agree with you there. I was looking at the uh, receptions props, actually. So Puka's 5.5. It's minus 135 to the over. Cup six and a half plus 120 to the over, kind of like Puka's receptions. I like the yards too. And then, what do you think about Jameer Gibbs over three and a half receptions?
1: I like that too. I like that too. I think, I think Gibbs is going to be used more than Montgomery in this. Game. I
2: mean, is Laporta going to be able to play in this That's game? I, I don't think he's going to be. I also don't know why Detroit played. I mean, I say this as a guy that bet the Vikings, but I don't understand like once guys started getting hurt why well, they had to play all four quarters in that game. And I yeah. know, you know, they won the game and they covered, unfortunately. Still but... Could have
1: gotten that back door. Yeah. If Nicky Mullins didn't throw a couple picks.
2: If Laporta doesn't play in this game, I kind of like the Gibbs receptions a little bit more as far as the underneath stuff. You know, because I just I don't know who else I would look at. St. Brown's receptions seem about right, where they're priced every week, seven and a half. Yeah. Jamison Williams is three and a half. He's kind of boomer bust. I'm going to stay away from that. So yeah. I might look at the running back props. Kyron Williams over two and a half receptions is another thing I like here.
1: I like all that. Yeah, I'm with you there. Um, I, I just, that Stafford longest pass completion really like, and then I'm with you. Rams on the game. I think they win it outright, so give me the Rams plus the points. I think anything over three is a good bet.
2: You think they're going to be able to get stops in this game? I was looking at the total 51 and a half. I'm guessing this is going to be one of more uh, one of the more bet overs because yeah. it's these two offenses. Yeah. And it's Stafford going against his former team.
1: The reason I like the Rams in the game is just because, A, of the playoff experience. But I think both offenses cancel each other out. I think they're pretty comparable. They're pretty even. I trust the Rams' defense more to get stops. And then I trust McVay more than I trust Campbell. I think Campbell, his aggre- aggression at times can cost them, right? We saw that in the Dallas game. Where it's like, all right, I love the decision to go for two. Once there's that penalty, you got to kick. I think everybody agrees with that. I think that's where he gets hurt in situations like that. We forget Sean McVay's coached in two Super Bowls already. Yeah, Like, the guy knows what it takes. He's won with Stafford before. Like, these kind of environments, they're not going to be shied away from it. Detroit is going to be so amped up and ready to go for a game like this. So, uh yeah, man, I I like the Rams in a spot like this. I, th- I think they're the better team. I think they're better on defense. And I, I trust them uh, more with their head coach, Sean McVay.
2: It's so crazy that we're getting this matchup, though, right? Because the Rams had to move on from Jared Goff because he couldn't push the ball down the field, so you get Matthew Stafford, who can yeah. make every single throw. They get the Super Bowl, but Goff goes to Detroit, and now he's a winner, and they're hosting a playoff game. I mean, this is the best storyline. This is the perfect storyline. You think it's
1: better than Flacco against the Ravens? Like, which game would you be more excited for?
2: I got to say this one, man. Because I always really liked Stafford as a Green Bay guy. We would see him twice every single year. And, I mean, they only went to the playoffs, what, twice with him? Um, But, I mean, that was always... He had a new offensive coordinator, a new head coach, like, every other year. And look at the guys he had. Matt Patricia... And then the defense was always a big letdown. And then he finally gets a shot. But like with Jared Goff, you can almost say the same thing. Everybody wrote him off. Yep. Um, noodle arm Goff. He can't push the ball down the field. But in this offense, he's been great. So I'm going to go with this one, man. Because, I mean, we talk about Stafford, the revenge game, him going back home, his wife posting the video. But this is also a big revenge game for Jared Goff. Like, did you ever think Jared Goff would be in this spot?
1: No. The quarterback of a team
2: that won a division hosting a playoff game? I nope. didn't. No. Nope. Like, I thought he was cooked. I thought, okay, he'll start a couple games here in Detroit. He'll be the bridge quarterback, and then it'll end up being like Teddy Bridgewater or right. Hendon Hooker or something like that. No, he's held on to the job. He has. He's probably going to have the job next year again. Yeah. We'll see what he looks like when Ben Johnson leaves to become a head coach. But yeah, also, they're like not the same quarterback because Stafford has the stronger arm. I think he's the better quarterback, but both quarterbacks are the same guy as far as what you could do defensively to make him uncomfortable. They both um, not great under pressure. That's when they have the turnover-worthy throws. And Detroit does have a really good pass rush. So if they're able to get after Stafford, he could have a couple turnovers in this game, but they just don't really turn the ball over. They've only lost seven fumbles this season. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, anything over a field goal, I like the Rams. And I can make the case for them to win this game, but I just feel like they're the trendy pick.
1: It's going to be really good. I agree with you. I think they are trendy. All right, then the final game of Wild Card Weekend, Monday night, Eagles at the Bucks, Philly, Laying three, the total is 43 and a half. I think this is my favorite total of wildcard weekend. I really like the over in this game at 43 and a half. I just, I can see this being a 24-21 kind of game. And that gets us to 45. That gets us an over. I can't trust this Eagles secondary and this defense right now. On the flip side, I do think the Eagles put up some points. Baker Mayfield has been has been great at home this season. Mike Evans bet his props like Mike Evans home road splits this year have just been have been crazy. Uh, so when those props drop, I look forward to betting Evans. But I think both offenses are going to be able to score. I know Mayfield struggled last week against Carolina, but that was a road game. I know he struggled against the Saints after all the great performances he had had in a row. Like you could see that coming. If I had to play the game, I would probably take the Eagles. I just think. That they were a team, they were 10-1, they went through that stretch where they had so many tough games week after week after week, and sometimes, Ryan, teams that just know they're in the playoffs, like, they just kind of coast at the end of the year, right? Mentally, they're not there. Even when they were winning all those games, we knew that they were fraudulent to some extent, yeah. and right now, man, they have just hit such rock bottom that everybody is counting out this Eagles team. Yeah. So... I kinda like them to win. I, I like them to win. I would probably take a minus a three if I had to play it, but the over is my favorite play. Cause even though I, I like the Eagles offense to figure it out a little bit, that defense is a mess right now. I think Tampa's gonna be able to score and I think Philly scores as well.
2: Yeah, that's the thing. Like last year the defense was top five, number four, uh, EPA. Like this year they're 30th. Oh, right? Like the crazy. defense, I mean, you could get them in the slot, you could get them across the middle. They can't really defend the middle of the field. Point differential, obviously not the same team as last year, just plus 22. Um, But still, like, if you look at the nerd stats, they're still top 10 in offense. They don't really throw the ball across the middle. Like, that's the difference. Year one with Jalen, I thought there was, like, a whole side of the field he couldn't throw the ball to. Last year, he made all the throws. They had the run game. They used multiple backs. This year, it's just not the same team. But still, I'm waiting for an opportunity to fade the Eagles, or I was, uh, because they're not the same team as last year. But I just don't know if it's this week with Todd Bowles in a beat-up Baker Mayfield. I know Jalen's hurt right now, but Baker Mayfield's also not healthy. Mm -hmm. And do we trust Todd Bowles, even at home, in this game, and this Tampa team, to be the team that knocks out Philly? Like, I know that they're not the same team as last year. I know the last couple weeks, they've been atrocious, but I don't know, man. I still think Philly gets the job done. I like this a lot better on the drive-in when it was two and a half. The threes have popped, and I think that that makes sense. But, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, the number makes sense. Like, you know, even at two and a half, it made complete sense. If anything, maybe Tampa Bay, if you're power rating these teams, I think they're the better team. Like, not only just point differential, the way that they're trending right now, and they're 8-3 and three against the spread as dogs this year, Tampa. Is. They're the best ATS wow. team as dogs this year. But I don't know. I, I couldn't do it with them. I, I would only play Philly in this I, game. I
1: would agree. Isn't it funny how for the second year in a row, Tampa gets an NFC East team at home, right? And a lot of people kind of like the Bucs with Brady last year as home dogs. Dallas comes in there and just whoops them, right? I don't know if Philly's going to do that, but I don't know, Ryan. There's there's so much talent on that Eagles offense. I know A.J. Brown's dinged up, yeah. but uh, I think right now that Giants game, too, with the way that that first half went, there's a lot of veterans in that locker room who know what it takes to get to a Super Bowl. I mean, they were there just last year. So I got to rely on the experience of Philly. Baker's looked great at times these last couple weeks. He's kind of reminded us that he, he's still Baker Mayfield at the end of the day. I, I just I like the over, though. I think we're going to get some points in this game.
2: As bad as Philly is, you got to look at the rest of the NFC, right? Would it shock you if Philly won this week? And if Philly was able to win a couple more playoff games, I would be shocked if they went back to the Super Bowl. if they were able to, I I don't think they could beat San Francisco. I think that's Agreed. a terrible matchup. Agreed. Like that's the reason I like the Niners so much in the NFC. The only other team I could really make the case for is the Rams. As crazy as that sounds, yeah. just because of the way, like the issues that these teams have defensively, like the Eagles, the middle of the field, San Francisco is going to cook you because they have George Kittle. They have Christian McCaffrey. If you play man defense, they're going to kill you with Debo. If you play zone, they're going to kill you with Brandon. Iuk who's awesome. And, um, so I, I just think that that's a bad matchup. Same thing with Dallas. Like San Francisco torched Dallas. Same thing because they have McCaffrey and they have Kittle and they have all those guys that could terrorize right. you in the middle of the field. But um, like I wouldn't be shocked if Philly beat Dallas, even if they went into Dallas and beat Dallas. I won't be shocked if they beat Tampa. The only team I'd be shocked if Philly beat would be San Francisco. Agreed. So I'm just I'm not ready to write them completely off because. What if the Niners do get upset in one of these games? Yeah, Like, I wouldn't be shocked if Philly did make a little bit of run. As bad as they look right now, just because the NFC is so weak. I don't want it to happen, because then we're going to get a terrible Super Bowl. Like, if they have to play Buffalo or Baltimore, I I think they get beat by double digits. But, yeah, I'm not ready to write off the Eagles, as bad as it looks right now. Just because of the matchup that they got. I would have loved them to, like, if it's Eagles-Rams, I'm betting the Rams. But I don't want to do it with Tampa. Not at three. I would need a bigger number.
1: All right, we're gonna keep this discussion going because it's a good one. We're gonna talk about the AFC, NFC, how we see the playoff shaking out. PJ Glasser, Ryan Horvat, you better, you bet. Presented by BetMGM, the Power Hour rolls on.
0: We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL network. Clear. Let's get back to You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL network.
1: You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. P.J. Glasser, Ryan Horvath filling in for Nick and Ken. We will be back with you tomorrow again, same time, same place, 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern time right here on the BetQL network. You can continue watching us on twitch.tv betql, also on youtube.com slash Sports. Hope everybody uh, listening and tuning in and staying safe out there, because Ryan, this weather... Might be having we a slumber party here in the <laughs> BQL studios. studio. Absolutely crazy. I know we got producer Tyler in New Jersey and Mike Brown, and the weather out there is absolutely insane here in D.C. They just closed down like the Bay Bridge. I will get uh, home. I
2: will get home tonight, <laughs> I, mean, I promise you Ryan's that.
1: got like an hour commute home on the highway that would normally take him like 25 minutes. So, yeah. Uh, it says an
2: hour and 25 minutes, but I, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. My wife's like, maybe you should just, no. Nope, I gotta (laughs) get home. (laughs) Gonna
1: get home. I have plans. (laughs) Gonna get home. So uh, hopefully, yeah, everything dies down. People are staying safe. As for the NFL playoffs, Ryan, so we've gone through all the games here on Wild Card Weekend. You were starting to get into the NFC a little bit. Maybe how you see things shaking out. Maybe the Eagles aren't quite done yet. I would agree with you. I certainly think Philadelphia can beat Tampa this week. They're favored to do so. And then if things... Pan out the way we kind of think they will, where, where the Rams beat the Lions, and then it's Rams and 49ers in the divisional round, Eagles-Cowboys. Like, absolutely the Eagle. I mean, what are you thinking? Probably the Eagles or f- the Cowboys are favored by four in that game, probably? Yeah, probably four, four. Four and a half. That's what I would think. Yeah. I mean, look, divisional game, third time you're meeting, all the pressure would be on Dallas in that spot. I absolutely could see it. And then in that case, plus 700, let's say Philadelphia plays San Francisco. Six and a half? Probably. Yeah. Six and a half. Yeah. San Francisco, six and a half.
2: Yeah. I'd say, I, you know, I bet I'd be betting San Francisco. I would too. The team, like the team that I would maybe look to bet against San Francisco would be the Rams. That's it. And I mean like, but we're and, about I, and I, know, I know what happened just like last week, but that game doesn't count. Cause it was Carson Wentz against freaking Sam Darnold. Yeah. But the only thing that would scare me there would be Kyle Shanahan against McVay. Like Shanahan, the one he has the advantage over all those guys that were on his coaching tree. Matt LaFleur, he's seen him in the playoffs twice. He's covered both times, won both games outright. He just has like that, uh, you know, it's kind of like how Debo had it over Smokey. You know, he's got mind control. Right. Yeah, that's how I feel about Shani. He does, but. it's just a bad matchup. Like the Niners, not a bad matchup for the AFC teams. Uh, We saw that against Baltimore, where Brock Purdy looked like a pumpkin and had a bunch of turnovers. But as far as the NFC teams, San Francisco is just such a bad matchup for all of them. You know, they're built to win in the NFC. Agreed. Because nobody has a tight end like George Kittle. Because George Kittle is a top five blocking tight end, but he could also be uh, the best receiving tight end in the league as well. Yep. You know, and the only issues with the Niners, like the Niners don't have a perfect offensive line. Trent Williams is still awesome. He's still probably the best tackle in all of football, even though he's another year older. Mm-hmm. But you don't know that they don't have the best offensive line, and the other four guys don't grade out so well because Brock Purdy gets rid of the ball quickly, and because of that run game, and because Shanahan's such a great play caller. But, you know, there are some matchups I would maybe fade them with in in the Super Bowl. But in the NFC, man, I think they would cook Philly again. I think they would cook the Cowboys again. Green Bay stands no chance. But the Rams, because of that passing attack, and because they'd be able to put up some points against that defense, I think they'd be able to hang a little bit.
1: No, I completely agree with you. I uh, See, that's why after that Ravens game, you know, when everybody was like, is San Francisco vulnerable? Are they not as good as we thought they were? I, I said, maybe they're not, but they wouldn't see the Ravens again until the Super Bowl, so it really doesn't matter, right? Like, there's no team like that in the NFC. We've seen them play Dallas. We've seen them play Dallas in the playoffs the last couple of years. We know how that goes. We saw them play Philadelphia earlier this year. We know how that game goes Maybe the Lions could be interesting just because, look, I know it's Jared Goff outdoors, but it's Jared Goff in Santa Clara. So the weather, probably going to be pretty nice. And their their offense can score with them. I just, I don't know how they get stops. See, that's the thing right you know? there, man, is it's Jared Goff outside on the road,
2: and it's Jared Goff against Nick Bosa, Chase Young, that pass rush. And it's Jared Goff who, with a clean pocket, top five quarterback in the league, Um, when he doesn't have a clean pocket, one of the worst quarterbacks, like there's backups that are rated better than Jared Goff. That'd be the concern, but they do have a run game. I mean, you have Gibbs and you have Montgomery. You're able to run the ball against San Fran, but that's tough to do as well. So yeah, I'd love to say Detroit, you know, Dallas going back to Dallas really quick. And I know they're a much better team at home. And I know it's Mike McCarthy in the last two years in the playoffs. Um, They failed against San Francisco, but they both, they've been in both games and they probably should have won both games or at least had a shot two years ago. Final play call is Dak Prescott, quarterback draw. No timeouts. Even though outs. they have no timeouts. <laughs> makes no sense. That's how your season ends. Right. And then last year against San Francisco, season ends with Ezekiel Elliott. Getting
1: blown up. Washed up
2: running back <laughs> playing center. Yeah, and yes. he just gets blown off the line of scrimmage. Now Kellen Moore's gone. So who knows, man? At least they played him tough. That's true. But they won't have home field. And yeah, yeah. And I don't know that I could trust them going on the road in that game and getting it done. So San Francisco, but I mean, it's just not that easy. I yeah. had a uh, free $20 bet from BetMGM and I used it on and I never do this. I was like what the hell am I going to do with 20 bucks? So I took an exact Super Bowl uh exact Super Bowl outcome and it's Bills Niners. $20 would win me 850. Wow. Yeah, so I'll cheer for that, but I don't know. It seems too good to be true with San Francisco.
1: But I don't know who I don't know who beats them, man. It would only be the Rams. Yeah. I would agree. I would agree at 20 to 1, especially, yeah. especially because the time to get the Niners would be the divisional round because yeah. Brock Purdy is going to be resting for three games, right? So maybe get a little rust there. The Rams have obviously been in playoff mode the last like three, four or five weeks of the season. And there's just familiarity there. See, the thing about the Ravens and the Niners, even though both teams look to be head and shoulders right now in their respective leagues, I think the games that would give them the toughest matchups are their divisional opponents just mm-hmm. because... They know them so well. Now, certainly the Bills and the Chiefs with Mahomes in the playoffs are better teams than, like, the Browns and the Steelers are. But just for the Ravens, like, even look at the Ravens during the regular season this year, right? Three losses. Two of them have come to divisional opponents. The yeah. other one was to the Colts in just crappy weather. But, like, look at what they did to the Dolphins. Look at what they did to the Niners, to the Seahawks, to the Lions. Look at what they've done to the Jags. Like, some of these teams, right, they've just— they not only beaten them, Ryan, they've beaten them by double digits— and two of their losses have come to divisional opponents. Um, you know, they beat the Bengals by three earlier in the season. I, I just, man, excuse me, they lost four games this season. Two of them were to Pittsburgh, I forgot. I just, week 18's out the door because Lamar didn't even Yeah, that play. game didn't, count. didn't and, count. And
2: that one really pissed me off, though. They could have at least covered for me. They if he's could have. yeah Puntley let me down. No, but uh, like with Baltimore, the only thing... The only team that could really like that scares me against Baltimore is just Baltimore. They just beat themselves. You're right. Quarters one through three, number one in point differential, fourth quarter outside the top 20. They struggle to play a perfect game yep. for all four quarters, close out teams. You're right. But the reason I like a man is the defensive side of the ball with McDonald as the coordinator. They they don't they they could game plan for the opposing offense that they're going to see. You know, like with Wink Martindale, you know he's just going to blitz a bunch. With Joe Barry, you know he's going to play a bunch of soft zone coverage. With the Ravens, they could play man, they could play zone, they'll blitz, they'll get natural pressure. They just have to be healthy and have healthy uh, corners. And then offensively, love Lamar. I love Todd Munkin's play calling. I love the um, empty sets. I love the run game still. But I love that now it's not just a bunch of heavy stuff. And you're letting Lamar uh, do what he did at Louisville. Like that's what that offense looks like. You know, it's a lot of like 11 personnel Lamar Mm -hmm. from the shotgun when he does run, it's very efficient. And yeah, they look like a perfect team if they just don't get in their own way.
1: No, you're so right. Defensively, they won the triple crown this season. They had the most sacks in the NFL. They had the most takeaways and uh, they gave up the fewest points per game. And they're mean. And they knock out your
2: quarterback. Like, look what they did to Brock Purdy. They kicked the crap out of you.
1: Yeah. And, um, and, like, look at what
2: Patrick Queen did. Two years ago, everybody was calling Patrick Queen a boss. Now, I do think that the Roquan picked up helped him out because now he doesn't have to think oh, as no much. Question. He can rush the quarterback. Yep. A little bit better in coverage now. But, yeah, that's a scary defense. And I love Kyle Hamilton. Oh. He's the ultimate chess piece. You can play him in the box. He's a good cover corner. And he uh, went to a great school. I got to throw that out there, too. There you go.
1: Shout out Notre Dame. Yeah, he's so good, man. Mike McDonald's so good. Yeah. I'm just, you're right. The team that can beat the Ravens is is the Ravens. And you're just for Or worried. the Chiefs. <laughs> or the or the, Chiefs, or, the or the bills they yeah. can beat them too but no i think if the ravens play their a game they're the best team in football i agree i, I mean i just i think they're the best I, I would be interesting to see a rematch with san francisco because i think shanahan did not call a good game the the best drive the niners put together was when they leaned on McCaffrey, and it's almost like he came out that game trying to prove that purdy was MVP. Guide four interceptions. Like, you just run the ball. The Ravens defense, I am a little bit worried. Like, they are susceptible at times to being run on. Like, if a team gets in a groove, yeah. Man, you watch that Rams game back, and Kyron Williams and the Rams, like, they were able to control the line of scrimmage. That's how they were able to lose to the Browns at home. Like, the Browns were able to run the ball on them in the second half. Ravens passing defense, like, is, is very good. And if you continue to do that, over a course of the game, like they are going to get sacks on you, and they are going to create turnovers. If you're able to run the ball on them, though, that's that's when they're in their biggest trouble. But Lamar's on such a mission right now; like he doesn't even celebrate anymore after touchdowns. He's just constantly like, "We got to lock in. We got to lock in. We got to keep doing what we're doing." So we'll see, man. I'm terrified of that. Does guy it concern in you
2: at all that uh, Odell Beckham Jr. rented a boat? Yeah, a
1: little bit. That a little just downtime before the playoffs wasn't needed. Wasn't just didn't, didn't go to, well the last time. Didn't with need to do Trey that. songs and Sterling Shepard. Yeah, yeah. And, Odell. We just wasn't necessary. Did not uh, did not see, enjoy that. That's
2: why. And I have the Lamar futures, and that's why. Like he's my profile picture. Like I'm in like the third grade. But I mean, I got really good prices on Lamar. I talked about Lamar all off season. I thought there was a chance maybe he wasn't going to be back in Baltimore. I still. Do you believe Atlanta really made phone calls? I hope that they did. But the reason. I mean, like the reason I think he's the MVP because if you look at the passing numbers. Those aren't your typical MVP-type numbers. You know, Mm -hmm. you can make more of a case, I guess, for Dak. But you look at the rushing yards, and also you have to factor in it's a brand-new offense. Remember there was the wristband stuff early on in the season with Todd Munkin where Lamar didn't want to use the wristband. Now he's using the wristband. But also, Odell Beckham Jr. hadn't played football in an entire year. Now he looks once again like Odell Beckham Jr., like a number 1, number 2 wide receiver. Bateman, Zay Flowers, these are young receivers. And also you have to remember his top receiver, even the MVP year, every year is Mark Andrews, his tight end, and they lost him. Dude, but and I like Isaiah. A, I love Isaiah beast. Likely. I He's know, I do. But like, you lose Mark Andrews. <laughs> now, Mark
1: Andrews is a guy, of course. New offense,
2: and still he puts up these numbers, and they look like the best team. So that's why Lamar's the MVP of the league.
1: Man, he lost J.K. Dobbins, too. Forget yeah. about that week yeah. one. God, J.K. was going to have a big year. And then Keith Mitchell. Ravens found this guy oh. out of nowhere with his speed, and Lamar was like a different element. Lost him. Lamar keeps rolling. They've played in the toughest division in the NFL. They played one of the hardest schedules, and they got the number one seed. And, you know, Gus Edwards has, like, 13 rushing touchdowns this year. Like, 10 of them are from inside the five. I just so. played the
2: juice every week, and I take Gus Edwards' one reception. I played at, like, minus 185 on Christmas night. That was the highest price I paid. Every single week, though, that's the best bet on the board, in my opinion. My concern, I hope that we don't see, like, 85-year-old the corpse of Delvin Cook. Why, mm-hmm. does, why does Baltimore always do this, though? They love picking up their old They do.
1: Best. It's just more insurance. So if Gus gets hurt, yeah. you know, Justice Hill— is uh does everything for them he returns kicks he, he is good in the receiving game rushing game he's been good as of late i'm telling you though ryan the browns man they joe flacco terrifies me they are 14 to 1 to win the afc i don't know if they can win the afc but uh they they could be a tough out mahomes i mean the chiefs at plus 450 is a great price like i personally i think they're going to beat miami this week i think they're going to beat buffalo too yeah. I think the Ravens, to win the Super Bowl, I think they got to go through Flacco, right? It's like people love Lamar and the Ravens are his team, but you still talk to Ravens fans and there's like, there's just something about Flacco, man, yeah. that they love, right? So it's like you beat him... And you can finally like Baltimore is your city. The Ravens are your team. Then after that, you gotta go through the guy in Kansas City, right? Like as long as Mahomes is in the NFL, like the AFC will always run through him. It could oh, be yeah. could be the greatest of all time. So you gotta get through that hurdle. You gotta beat Mahomes. And then uh maybe it's a rematch with San Francisco. Who knows? Maybe it's maybe it's Philly, maybe it's Dallas, maybe it's Detroit. We'll see. But uh for me, that's how I kind of see it playing out in the AFC is I think it's gonna be Ravens, Browns. I think it would then be Ravens and Chiefs um bills are really really good it's just it's concerning though how much josh allen turns the ball over yeah and like against good teams man that that is going to hurt you especially in playoff games absolutely love watching him play and the bills are rolling right now something we also have to remember about the bills they're they're on fire, right? They've won like five games in a row, six games in a row. Are they really going to win nine, ten games in a row? Like that's the thing. That's why I was I was almost happy the Ravens lost to the Steelers because it's like okay, you start a new winning streak, right? Yeah. You won like four, five, six games in a row. You were going to have to win like ten in a row to win the Super Bowl. Now you can you can start a new uh new winning streak, and that's that's the thing for the Bills, man. Are they really going to win that many games in a row? Maybe they will.
2: Yeah, I mean I feel like realistically you can make the case as wide open as it is and as much parity as we had in the league. I feel like you could really make the case for like four teams. In the NFC, it's San Francisco and then I guess Dallas. I'm out on Philly. I don't I don't think they're making a run unless they get really good luck. And then in the AFC for me, it's Baltimore and it is um Buffalo, but then that like sleeper team is Kansas City just because of Mahomes, cuz of Andy Reid, yeah. cuz of Spags in that defense. I sure. like the secondary enough. But um yeah, man. I, I don't know what the Bills It It just seems like it would be too good to be true because I bought the futures at the right time. But like you said, it's not only that they have to not win the next three, four games. It's what they had to do just to get into the playoffs and, uh, <laughs> and the injuries they've had along the way. I, I just wish that they were fully healthy coming into the season. You know, if they don't lose Trey White, I love the Rasul Douglas pickup in the secondary. Yeah. Um, but yeah.
1: If you could see any game in the NFL playoffs, excluding the Packers, because that's your team, if yeah. you could get Chiefs-Ravens, Ravens-Niners, Bills-Chiefs, whatever it may be, if you could get any game, what's the game you want to see?
2: I would want a rematch in the Super Bowl. I kind of want San Francisco and uh, Baltimore. I want to see that game again without mm. the four turnovers from mm. Purdy. Yeah,
1: I think that's a good call. I think that's a good call. Because I think we'd see a lot more McCaffrey, and I agree. I think San Francisco, we'd see, we'd see a different team. Like, AFC Championship game... I wouldn't, man, I don't know. You think about it. We'll talk about it on the other side. Final segment of the show You Better You Bet, PJ Glasser, Ryan Horvath.
0: We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM (laughs) on the BetQL Network. On the BetQL Network.
1: And welcome back, You Better, You Bet, presented by BetMGM, PJ Glasser, Ryan Horvat. We are wrapping up the show, filling in for Nick and Ken here on You Better, You Bet. Ryan and I will uh, be back with you tomorrow as well. This is a reminder that every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you earn BetMGM reward points that can be redeemed for things like free bets and risk-free tokens, or converted to MGM reward points that can be used towards dining shows and hotel rooms at 20 at over 20 MGM resorts. Download the BetMGM app and visit BetMGM.com today. Also, download the BetQL app for all the tools you need to take down the sports books, including five-star plays like the Blackhawks plus one and a half against the Oilers. Now I know you like some Chicago sports teams. You obviously like the Cubs. You like the Bulls. Blackhawks, I'm sure you watch when they were dirt, you know, during the oh, I like their them now. Connor Stanley- Bedard's season. Bedard's season now. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. He's hurt though. Yeah. Although yeah. Not and they're and they're a brutal watch without him on
2: the ice. Mm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Would have been fun with uh Bedard and uh McDavid going at it tonight. But Blackhawks plus one and a half versus the Oilers. That is what the BeckQL app likes for tonight we had uh kevin sweeney on earlier ryan we were talking college hoops with him he was giving out some uh some good stuff we're talking about some future plays but also some plays tonight or i know you got some plays that you'll give out in a little bit but were there any games that you know you didn't bet but you're excited to uh you're excited to watch tonight
2: yeah uh mainly like everything in the nba so right now i'm kind of um Making it easy with the NBA, betting a whole lot of college basketball. We just wrapped up college football. Yep, uh, that's my, that's my love right there. Uh, obviously, we talked about our wild card weekend picks tonight. I'm pretty interested actually in this Lakers Raptors game, especially because it's a 10:30 p.m. Eastern tip, so I'll be able to watch that one at home. Um, I kind of like the Lakers in this spot. They opened as five point favorites, down to four and a half. I want to see what the Raptors end up doing here at the deadline. We talked about Siakam, and then what are the what are the Lakers even going to be able to do? Because clearly something's not going right. Maybe they uh, end up firing Darvin Ham. I just, I don't know what they have as far as assets to bring in somebody. Like maybe they bring in a Zach Levine. I don't know if that moves the needle for you, but I do like them tonight to bounce back against the Raptors. But the game of the night for me, uh, hopefully I get home in time for this one, Minnesota, Orlando. Orlando's my league pass team in the East. Bought in on some Orlando futures. And then Minnesota, unfortunately, I bought in on them too uh, too early. I liked them last year. I like the Gobert pickup, thinking that would mean that you could play Catmore as like the stretch four at the four. Because if you remember, like, in the playoffs or the playing tournament the year before, he picked up four early fouls in, like, every single game. I thought, okay, Gobert could be the rim protector, eat up on the glass, and then you could uh, have Cat as, like, your pick-and-pop guy. But I'm pretty excited for that one. Orlando and uh, Minnesota tonight. Kind of like Orlando is five-and-a-half point dogs at the crib tonight.
1: All right, very nice. I I I didn't play it officially, but I'm leaning towards Dallas minus eight-and-a-half against uh, Memphis, Rick Camp. We were talking with him about that. He was kind of feeling the same way. I just think it's a good spot to fade Memphis, right? Like, Jock comes back, you're playing great basketball, then he has the injury, and just feels like a dream crusher for Memphis at this point, right? I mean, now you know your season's pretty much over. Uh, you got to play Dallas, obviously, with Luka and Kyrie and their weapons on offense. So that is something that I didn't officially bet, but that kind of intrigued me. And this Houston-Iowa State game tonight, I think it's going to be really good, man. Hilton Coliseum's one of those places, like, it's, it's tough to play, right? We've yeah. seen Kansas lose a number of times there as, like, a top-five team. Houston's kind of getting their first taste of it. Number-two team in the country— on the road against an unranked team. They're only favored by two and a half. It's like one of those spooky kind of games. Houston's number one, according to Ken Palm, in defensive efficiency. Iowa State's number five. So both of these teams can really, really defend. And when you get two teams like that, right, where possessions are going to be limited, points are going to be hard to come by, I mean, every point counts. So that two and a half kind of worries me if I were to lay it with Houston tonight. And you look at them this season, they're 14 and 0, but they're two games against the the best two teams that they've played. They only beat Texas A&M by four, and they only won at Xavier by six. So I think that could be a tricky game for, uh, for Houston tonight. But I'm excited to watch that. And BYU-Baylor coming up later tonight. I kind of like BYU. What are your thoughts? Now there? that it's got up to four and a half, I was kind of leaning that way too. Yeah. I think the over is the play for me at 154 and a half. Both teams can score. Both teams can shoot. I think it's going to be a good pace to that game. So it's a high total at 154 and a half. I could see both teams getting into the eighties, though. Uh, I'm excited to see how BYU bounces back against Cincinnati. The metrics love them though. And as Kevin Sweeney was saying, you know, they haven't played it against the best competition. And maybe they're, you know, a little bit overrated than probably what they what they probably are. But uh I think they're a good team. I think both teams can score in that game. Yeah, what do you think about Purdue tonight? Seven and a half
2: point favorites against Nebraska—is that a trap mm. spot? Because for me, it would be Purdue or Pass, right there.
1: Yeah, I I would probably take Purdue as well. I, nothing for me, especially the way that they played in the second half in the Illinois game, yeah. right? Because I thought I was on the wrong side in that game. It's and... just tough, man. So you know that every team is going to give Purdue their best shot, right? Yeah. But it's like, are they going to? Are we going to get the team that lost to Northwestern? Are we going to take the, get the team that took care of Maryland? I don't know. That line feels about right. I'd yeah. probably stay away.
2: Yeah, that's a pass for me. I did play um, during the break. I grabbed some Missouri. I already like the under in the game. I talked about how much I love this Kentucky team. But I mean, now we're asking Kentucky, even though it's at home, to win by 12 points. So I grabbed some Missouri at 11 and a half. That's just more of a number play. There's a couple totals I really like tonight. I like the under in George Mason, VCU at 140 and a half. I like the over in Kansas State, West Virginia. That was 139 and a half. Now we're out to 141. I'm with you. We talked about this earlier, and the numbers came down. I liked Alabama-South Carolina under 155.5. It's down to 152. I still like it. And then I like the over in Rhode Island-Davidson. Uh, that's now half. opened at 140. But I like those totals. My favorite play tonight, though, uh, I got to go with Pitt. It's scary going against Duke here. I know they've won six straight games. They struggled, though, to beat Notre Dame. I believe that was Saturday. Pitt, they've been up and down. They haven't really beat a top team this year. They finally won a game, though. And I just think that they're going to have the rebounding advantage. We're getting five and a half points here. And Duke struggles on the road. Like, since John Shire took over for Coach K, they've struggled on the road. Against the number this season on the road, true road games, 0-3. So I took a shot with Pitt. Uh, That said, last time I bet them, I believe they lost by, like, 25 points. But I'm going to go back to the well one more time at five and a half against Duke. And uh, I think Pitt might win that game outright tonight.
1: They could, they could. I uh, I would lay eleven and a half with Bama tonight against South Carolina. I like them in that spot. Also like the under. When whenever I see a Bama total that opens at like one fifty four and a half and it drops two points, that yeah. kind of is an indicator for me. So. I think this will be like an 82-60 to kind of game. Bama's offense is normally really good at home, and their defense tends to play better. South Carolina's been a sneaky kind of good team. You know, they've only lost one game this year, and I really haven't played anybody. But they're they're playing better than I thought they would. Um, You know, Bama's got five losses this season, but they're still top 10 in Ken Palm just because of how good they are offensively so i think they'll be able to score i like them to cover that line i like the under in the game what do you think about this texas cincinnati game you know anytime you and i see like a ranked team at an unranked team the unranked team is favored by like four and a half five and a half you kind of would lean that way but i almost kind of like texas tonight plus the points i don't know why i just cincinnati's first home big 12 game it's gonna be rocking there but uh, I just man, I still like Texas's backcourt. I still like their guards. I think this is a game where where they could score and, and put some pressure on Cincinnati.
2: Yeah, I took BYU against Cincinnati, and that was a mistake. Cincinnati won that game, and they kind of beat them up in the paint in that game. But Cincinnati, I mean, they're pretty tough this year. Twelve and two. Their losses are to Xavier and Dayton. Uh, neither of those games were at home. I, I kind of like them at home in this spot. Uh, so I guess that would be my lean, Cincinnati. But I'm with you. That was one of the first things I looked at. That and then the Indiana-Ruckers game. Oh. Would you do it with Ruckers at three and a half? I kind of like Rutgers in this game. Money lines minus 165. Indiana now three and a half point dogs. Totals 140 and a half. Oof. I'm pretty down on Indiana right
1: now. Yeah, me too. I mean, look, we certainly like fading Indiana on the road. I mean, that's, that's the way I would go is probably Ruckers three and a half kind of like a first half under in that game just feels like it's going to be brick city in the first half
2: yeah i mean Rutgers is let's see they got michigan state coming up they're 0 and 0 and four right now in conference play they lose this one they're 0 and five and they're three and a half point favorites yeah that that would be my lean here there's a lot
1: i like a lot of dogs tonight that's the problem i do too that's my favorite bet of the night is texas a&m plus seven and a half against auburn i take some money line at plus 250 Really like Auburn, but this is just this is a, a sell high spot on on the Tigers. I mean, they're playing great right now. You go into Bud Walton Arena and you beat Arkansas by thirty. You're you're doing something right. Like that's a tough place to win. Duke lost there earlier in the season. For Auburn to win like that, I mean, they they got a really really good team. But Texas A&M does too. They're my preseason pick to win the SEC. I loved what they returned. They have the preseason SEC Player of the Year and Wade Taylor the fourth. Like. Buzz Williams has that program running and they normally play Auburn really tough. They're 3 0. Uh, they've beaten Auburn three straight times. They won at Auburn last year, which is one of the toughest plays to play in the SEC. Like Auburn really doesn't lose at home a lot. So I like AM. They're not going to be intimidated by that environment. They really need a big win for their resume. They had a tough non conference schedule. You know, they played Houston tough. I-, I like AM in this spot. They they can beat any team on any given day. And I just think it's too many points. You mentioned a numbers play with Missouri. This is a numbers play with A&M. This line should be like five. I, we're getting a good number here with seven and a half. Yeah, I'm excited for this Missouri-Kansas. Uh, Missouri-Kentucky game as well. That's coming up in about like
2: eight minutes. Yeah, so I'm going to go with Missouri. I love Pitt. And then... Uh, we just talked about this. Now I'm trying to talk myself out of Iowa State at two and a half. It's minus 115 against Houston. Where are you at with Houston? Like last year, I really liked Houston. Two years ago, I loved Houston, but they couldn't hit free throws down the stretch. Yeah. I just kind of feel like they're the same team every year. Yeah. Play great defense. I don't know, though. Iowa State in Ames at home, and the number's two and a half plus 115 on the money line. I might grab this two and a half.
1: I mean, I could only play Iowa Yeah, State I'm going to play it. It starts in I seven minutes. Why not? I just talked myself into one Give more. Give you something to listen to on the car ride home that's going to take you two hours.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What do you think? How are you feeling about your drive home? Uh, I'm going to go with like minus 350 that I get home tonight. <laughs> As right. I keep looking out there, I'm like, I don't know. If it's
1: oh, I'll weigh the juice. I, I don't. Yeah, we'll see how it looks when we get out there, but uh, it's not looking great. It's just funny, like, seeing all these weather
2: alerts pop up, and I'm like, oh, it's rain. It's flooding. Because right now, it's January 9th, and... Um, you know I'm from Chicago, so like everybody back home is worried about the snow and sending me these yep. pictures six inches, seven inches of snow. Uh, we just talked with Rick Camp. He had to pull over in a grocery store to do the interview and got out of work early because of the weather. And it's just rain, so I feel like you know we'll be all right as I long as, so. as as long as you don't have to cross the bridge. I,
1: I mean, hope I we I hope we see each right. other tomorrow, Ryan, same time, same place. You better you bet. Presented by BetMGM three to seven p.m. Eastern time. We'll talk some more NBA, college hoops, NFL. We'll see you then. Trista Crick, Nick Ash, Bet BetMGM Tonight, coming up next.